Salam listeners and welcome to Salam Radio Show. On this show we have a really special guest. She is Lebanese and she's been DJing in Melbourne for a while. She's known for playing hip-hop, R&B, soul, disco, boogie. Who else can it be other than uh, Ms. Risk? Myself and Lukman, who are Lebanese as well, we actually met Ms. Risk uh, on Zoom on Wednesday, the day when we heard about the horrible explosion in uh, Beirut, Lebanon. Uh, It was a good opportunity to let our frustration out and to express our concern and uh, frustration towards the Lebanese fraudulent government. On this conversation, we talk politics, music, cultural appropriation, you name it. So I will, uh, I will play that interview, and in between, I will play a music that Ms. Risk has recommended, and music that we talked about during the show. Lebanon have to endure like it's now in the background on the TV Beirut blast I don't want picking up bodies my mom was saying that they have to test them for corona before they can even uh, treat them which is fucked you know so that's mm. delaying treatment time it's a mess And, you know, it's interesting because Lebanon is the most progressive of all the Middle Eastern countries. Mm. You know, if you look at Lebanon's history, it's very, uh, yeah, it's not surprising that with all the political parties and religious views that it's constantly getting, uh, you know, getting itself into trouble. Mm. And Mm. it's all to the detriment of the people that live there, you know. It's a really difficult thing, and and of course they were like, you know, midway through a revolution prior to, uh, you know, what they quarantine was over there. Yeah. So I don't know. Look, man, it's yeah. Do you have family there? Is your family okay? My family's in the north as well. 
but yeah, no, everyone, everyone's safe. Um, I, have, I have an auntie whose house got uh, her window shattered, but um, physically and physically, everyone's safe uh, and, and not not actually significantly affected, which is uh, puts me at a little bit more peace. Yeah, of course. Yeah, my cousin was working, and uh, he didn't get hurt. He was in his office in Beirut when that happened, and luckily, it's all right. Mm. But the rest of them are up north. But this is a uh, yeah. I, mean, I think Lebanese people at this point everywhere are really feeling it. Like it's interesting when you watch documentaries of people visiting Lebanon and you spend time with Lebanese people there and they're just you know happy living you know what I mean mm-hmm. and then you talk to them and it's like oh our bombs going off five ten kilometers that way and they're like yeah but we still party because why not like mm. what are we gonna do it's you know, and we're constantly told, and we constantly see that Lebanese people are resilient. But I think between the revolution, the economy, the pandemic, and now this, like, stop telling us we're resilient now. Like, just help, you know? Yeah. Like, stop eating our hummus and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just help. electricity hasn't gone on a couple of years ago they weren't picking up the rubbish like the government just really does not give a shit like all of them though all of them need to go like the those chemicals were stored in a highly uh, busy place with civilians walking by every day since 2014 and like the lack of responsibility like oh my god it's just shocking like how can anyone has have this on their back that they've done this that they but why let watch everyone's gonna blame everyone else and the thing is it's complacency if they couldn't pick up the rubbish why are they gonna move chemicals that are in a building you know see no evil hear no evil that's it they wash their hands from it like they have for how many years yeah and the lack of presence now of any political person speaking is like an evidence that they're all guilty like no one is on tv checking on the people um demanding for this to be investigated they're all hiding in their room and doing nothing about it and that it's just the proof that they're all guilty what a great booted out i know like to wake up to this news or like it just really really is horrible to hear all this mm. you know it hurts like this is our country and we just we can't do anything we're watching we can donate but we're not you know um yeah well, we can do that but from here that's all we can do we can donate 
and we can do our radio shows and we can be the best form of representation for our people as possible mm-hmm. that's what counts yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. okay so they reckon at least a hundred people dead now and four thousand mm-hmm. wounded yeah it's heartbreaking they're still digging out trying to figure out the deaths because it's like it's a mess it's like a, like have you seen the explosion have you all seen it yeah it's shocking um, it's just like oh my god it's like an atomic bomb like it's and it's in the middle of a residential area like the center of lebanon all the pubs the clubs are like um broken our best place to But even worse, it's the port, as in, it's Corona. So how are people delivering food and whatever Lebanon needs? From where? You can't park a boat there. Like, this is is astronomically bad. It's, it's, this is shocking. I cannot, like, yeah. I can't, I can't believe what I'm watching. Yeah, yeah. There's like, um, people's, um, products are stored there in, uh, big containers. And so people who are selling those products has lo- have lost all these products. And, uh, like on top of everything, inflation is very high. Like, uh, what, like, what is it? Like 4,000 Lebanese or even more is one dollar, one American dollar? Yeah, the, the lira lost 80% of its value. Yeah. And it's now, like, oh, now God. nothing to buy. <laughs> well, no, you can't buy anything. The explosion, this is fucked. You know, and this is like a lot of this is happening prior, obviously prior to the explosion, even prior to COVID, you know, uh, Syria went through this economic low as well, um, and yeah. people people are literally, you know, I don't want to be uh, fucked up, but people are literally selling organs to to make rent uh, because, you know, people on the black market are, are seeing how how cheap the uh, lira was, um, and it's scary. It's scary. It's also scary to be so removed from this. Like, you know, obviously we're in Melbourne at the moment, and. Love
you yeah. do you get the chance to play much uh, Arabic? Not as much as I'd like to. But I have been incorporating more Arabic music in the past few sets that I have done. So a lot of the events I did for the Biennale in Sydney before COVID ruined all of our parties. I was playing a lot of Arabic music, but I guess that directly impacts the work I'm presenting at the Biennale. Mm. But uh, I've played, during COVID, I got to play for the Yalla party in New York City. So it was a Zoom party. And um, mm. Yalla is a queer party, queer Arab party that happens in New York. And I actually played that party in 2018 when I was there. And, in, uh, in, in New York. That's awesome. In New York, in Sick. Brooklyn. I played at a queer Arab party in Brooklyn. And it was probably the best party I've ever played at, I have to say. One of the best. <laughs> and... That meant Man, a lot, awesome. you know, that was a really good event yeah. and I got to do it again, but via Zoom and again, we had a great time, except it was in my living room. So you didn't get that, you know, yeah. Arab energy of dancing and yelling and zagarit in the space. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you think the crowd reacts to Arabic music nowadays? Well, listen. look it's a it's a good question you're asking because from my experience as a dj in melbourne for over 20 years other shows from other countries and other parts of the world have been accepted by the western world you'll Mm. have people that really love reggae so you'll see regular reggae parties you have Mm. people that love afrobeats you'll see people you know loving latin music reggaeton you know dance hall Mm. um and those genres seem to be more widely accepted and Mm. i'm not sure why that is other than uh djs that are lebanese aren't really or you know sorry anywhere from the middle east aren't really playing that music as frequently out to kind of normalize it into another genre of music to the western world and do you think that's specific to melbourne no it's specific to the it, whole world, yeah. but I guess I'm yeah. speaking from my experience here as a yeah. as the city that boasts a million live venues and as the city mm. that is obsessed with music. But what I have noticed is record collectors um, mm. that buy vinyl. They're clearly aware of Arabic music because there's yes. a lot of people buying old Arabic records or trying to get a Fatal's first press. So there are people clearly, but are they connected with Arabic music or do they just want that rare record? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's also like record labels like Habibi Frank and um, Martika, I think it's called Martika, Radio Martika or something like that, that are mainly done by European. That's another thing is like, um, yeah, I think Arabic music is like getting some recognition very slowly, especially through the vinyl community. Um, but also the people who are doing those labels are based in Europe or are European. So yeah, like I feel like there should be more ownership and proud pride of our music happening. And uh, I feel like it's a bit slow. And I like the aim of the show is to just highlight how beautiful Arabic music can be. Um, and that it, it is up, up there when it comes to world music, I think. Well, of course, we have a very rich Arabic music history. One of the first record players yeah. was in Beirut, started in Beirut in the early 1900s. Historically, mm. music has been an embedded 
part of our culture for hundreds of years. Yeah. You know, so it's really, I'm really grateful and thankful for, uh, you know, Habibi Funk Records and the work mm. that happens there. And, but that is, again is such a small portion yeah. of Arabic music. Like, mm. yeah. the world of Arab music is huge. Even mm. if you start breaking it down into every country in the Middle East has its own history you know yeah. with music so there is so much there there is definitely something for everyone depending on your taste you know classic yeah. contemporary yeah. but i think slowly people mm. are starting to be more open to listening to arabic music as well i mean i presented a show the other week and played two hours of arabic music my show regularly is not an Arabic music show, but I did yeah. it anyway. And uh, <laughs> I had a lot of positive response and even inspired another radio presenter to play one hour of Arab music on their show two days later. You Who know? was that? Uh, Richie 1250. He okay. played an hour of Middle Eastern records on his show Stone Love. And yes, yes. he's notorious for an amazing, he's well known for an amazing record collection slow dirty soul he's fantastic his music collection's ridiculous so it was mm. really really lovely to mm. hear, hear him play um middle eastern music and even know that he has middle eastern records you know mm. like it's yeah so that was that was really interesting this this gives us the opportunity uh, at this point to you know obviously obviously in conversation it's three lebanese me being half Lebanese, half Syrian, but you know, this is this is also our opportunity when lockdown ends to, you know, possibly start incorporating a little bit more Arabic music. And, you know, like you said, Ms. Risk, if, if you do a show and, and uh, you give some positive feedback and that inspires someone else, um, you know, you never know how far those dominoes fall, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, I'm sure people listening to Richie's show would not have mm. expected, uh, probably wouldn't have expected to hear Middle Eastern music, but probably wouldn't be surprised knowing his breadth of genres as well, which I think helps. It's almost like you have a fan base on your radio show that eventually trusts you and your taste. So they're going to mm. listen to it, whether it's something they're familiar with or not. And I guess that's a way of educating and providing entertainment, which I think is really important. <laughs> remarkable how hard working the artists from back in the day have been from acting to writing to performance I mean you know quite remarkable. yeah yeah like a good example is the Yad Rahbani like he was a political commentator and like he directed the some theater 
music, like the most amazing music he composed for his mom and other others. Absolutely. And, like, and he's funny, like he's, yeah, funny as, so, I don't know. There's, they're so talented, yeah. Yeah, it's very clever and I mean, they, you know, speaking about classic albums, they finally repressed uh, Fatal's album that was produced by Ziad from 1984. I bought two copies, I've got it in my bag somewhere. Nice. But again, it's just the whole idea of these small labels discovering, you know, mm -hmm. Arabic music and getting the rights to it and finding out if they can repress it. You know, mm -hmm. my friend Ernesto, he managed oh, yeah. to repress the whole album on, you know, BBE, which is a huge brand in a huge label from the UK, you yeah. know, and, they, you know, they're like, yeah, we'll re-release, you know, an Arabic music album. It's just completely phenomenal the way it's moving towards the Western world and becoming more popular. And I, for one, am very pleased about it. And I will continue to yeah, represent sure. and play. Arabic music everywhere I can, every which way I can, because look, let's be honest, the Western world loves stealing it, and you know, it's about <laughs> time they started listening to it and respecting where it actually came from, as opposed to just, you know, listening to Jay Z and Madonna, all great things. <laughs> yeah, Jay Z made millions of dollars of stealing. Um... Uh, what's his name? Father, he sold that. He stole that, and then he got sued by the family. Because, <laughs> but on top of that, the family were upset that Jay Z's song wasn't very, um, you know, was yeah. very rude. Because you know, it was a bit dirty. <laughs> they're very conservative people, but we love to party. But you and know, here they, we. Here I mixed it with a pimping song. <laughs> yeah, but it's one of my favorite songs, of course. But it's really know, good. Jay Z, they got away with it, you know. But who didn't get away with it is Madonna when she sampled Fatal's for Erotica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite story that she um... used Fatal's singing a Good Friday hymn. And sampled of all the fatal songs, the one where it's like, you know, we play this every Good Friday. She sampled that fatals in a church for erotica. And no. get away with it. But it's like, nah, don't mess with like <laughs> Lebos and their Good Friday. <laughs> That's very offensive. That's very aim. So you know, we'll come for you, Madge. We will get you. And fatals did. You know? Madonna had yeah. to play. Yeah, it's a lot. That's the thing. A lot of it gets stolen. Timberland used a lot of it for Aliyah's music. Yeah. And she read the So he used What It Does But One Speak for, um, yeah. Don't Know What To Tell Ya. And he also used, um, numerous Arabic songs. Mm. He's quite amazing in the way, yeah. like, how is he gonna hear Wadada? Where did he hear that from? Like, yeah. <laughs> so at what point is Timberland? Yeah, like, I'm really you know, impressed. Like, that track for us is legendary. It's a 13 minute opus to love, you know what I mean? And, you know, to have American hip hop producers getting down to Wadada, like, I, I can't imagine that, you know, banging their heads in the studio Smoking spliffs with Wadada coming out of the But, <laughs> you know, it's such a beautiful thing to imagine, even though it sounds yeah. weird. 
I think that it's absolutely fantastic because again, it can open the doors for us. We go from lovers back to friends. Got to put this to an end. You won't handcuff me and put your way. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. You want my intimacy, but you won't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. You want all around me. I swear you to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. You want my lock and my key, but you don't know what to tell you. Justifications for your actions Should have been somewhere relaxing Don't compare me to your last one I can't help it, she was a fast one A sexy one, I'm a classy one I can't keep you from getting happy, huh? Seems like that should make you happy, huh? It's gonna take, it's gonna take Insecurities every day Pushing my love away hey, hey. You wanna handcuff me But you yeah, wanna know yeah, what to tell you You know my intimacy But you wanna know what to tell you You don't know what to tell you You wanna walk around me I swear I swear to tell you You don't know what to tell you You want my lock and my key But you wanna know what to tell you
American albums that have been made when people migrated from the Middle East and Lebanon, Syria, Egypt to America. Um, there were some Le people there, I can't remember where they were from, but obviously the Middle East that wanted um, people to feel the community to feel like home. So you've mm. got, I've got records that are half sung English, American, and Arabic. Mm. You know, so I guess yeah. for historically, since we started the diaspora, you know. Mm. Uh, needed to listen to music yeah. from home. I guess it's always been happening. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, with globalization and social media and like immigration and Arabic music is yeah definitely like uh, is becoming broad and uh, worldwide as well. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you know once COVID is over and parties start happening that you know a whole bunch of white DJs get booked to play Arab music while we're all <laughs> sitting on the sidelines watching it happen. Kind of like, you know, no. <laughs> obviously quite often actually with different genres. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm glad you're playing the stuff, but you know, calm down. Representation is important, of course. topic like um obviously like djs love like there's different type of djs but like for example myself i really love playing world music 
and um, I wonder where, what, is there a line where you can't play a certain song or like, where do you, how do you go about, you know, what you can play and what you cannot play? Look, I think cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation mm -hmm. have to be looked at, you know, so it doesn't mean that you cannot play music from other countries, but I think it's important as yeah. well not to only play music from a particular country and take on that culture. You know yeah. what I mean? I think yeah. Yeah. showing your respect and sharing music that you like from other parts of the world is really is a lovely thing to do. But I also think respecting where it's from and acknowledging where it's from yeah. is yeah. something that you have to do the work. Yeah. You mm. know, and it's, you know, it'd be a bit silly if I decided that I'm just going to play, you know, not Arabic music, obviously. I'm Lebanese, so that would make sense. You know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah. I make, for example, I teach hip hop and I play hip hop music often. That's part mm -hmm. of my career. I owe my life to hip hop, you know? Mm -hmm. So you have to acknowledge where it's from, where it came from, and do it in a respectful way. Looking for an easy way to keep up with your annual 3CR subscription? You can now set up an annual debit from your bank account or credit card, and once a year your payment will be automatically deducted. You can cancel at any time and you'll get a reminder each year before payment. Be a constant supporter of Melbourne's precious independent community radio station and set up a recurring payment today. Just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. Hey all you mob, it's Dr Mark Winnetong here. Coronavirus has certainly changed the way we live, work and connect. These changes can be hard for some of us and can make us feel no good in our head or spirit, like sad or worried all the time. Some of us might already be dealing with other things like sickness, trauma, and this can make it really hard for us to feel good about anything at the moment. If you're feeling like this, remember, it's okay to ask for help. Have a yarn to someone you trust, like your family or an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health worker. You can also call Beyond Blue, Lifeline or the Kids Helpline to talk to someone or look at some helpful information at headtohealth.gov.au on the internet. A 3CR supporter. So my friend Fati uh, Fatima and I decided that we wanted to throw a queer Arab party. Mm. Um, and so the summer just said, well, this night is free. And it turned out it was the AFL grand final the same night and I'm like yeah let's go to Arab party next door to a pub showing the grand final that yeah. would be really great and you know to our surprise uh, but not really because I figured our crowd was, was probably not interested in the AFL yeah um, or, and if they were they would have watched it during the day and had a nap and then come out for the disco but uh, it was the first time we were doing that and provided a space for mm. queer people of colour. Mm. And to our surprise, over 250 people came through. Yeah. And that was done by word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah, that, that comes to say that there is, there is people wanting those parties. 
Absolutely. Um, and we all brought, you yeah. know, I brought my tabel with me. I got my friend to bring her tabel with her. We had yeah. um, a whole bunch of drummers. I was burning old inside the venue. Um, everyone that came in got some mastic chewing gum just to go with the uh, theme of the night. So everyone's <laughs> chewing mastic, telling Alden, you know, to bring the tabel. Like, there was like people walked into a Lebanese wedding, like, <laughs> that was the idea for me. The idea was to make it feel like you've attended a really celebratory occasion, such as a Lebanese engagement or wedding, because, you know, we're very extra and we like to party and we like to be loud and, you know, we're very passionate about music and dance. And I wanted to capture how we live and how people that aren't part of our world they get to experience it in a safe space and yeah. you know, the people that hadn't experienced that before mm -hmm. um really loved it to the point where i've been asked repeatedly if we we're gonna do it again and when's the next one and yeah things can like you that. do it again <laughs> so, right now yeah. we can't do anything Mona, can we so uh, still <laughs> We'd love you to recommend us a couple of songs to play on the show. All right, so one of, one of my favorite tracks to play out is actually a remix of the Bendali's Family Do You. Oh, yes. Absolute classic. Yeah, um, do you love me? I'm not going to sing da, da, it, but da, da, we all Do you love <laughs> me? Da, 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 da. <laughs> Exactly, and we know the video clip of the whole family on the beach with their yeah. <laughs> yeah. from the 70s. And Troy Boy remixed this, so it really, gets really dubby, real bassy. Um, but Troy Boy did a clip of that. It's such a fun track to play out.
sorry. I actually played a remix of this song by a friend introduced me to it, and it's by this guy called Nicodemus. Oh yeah, Nicodemus has been around a long time. He's a huge supporter of uh, music from other countries. He has a label called Wonder Wheel Records. Yeah. And uh, Nicodemus has been producing albums for years, but also releases uh, music. For example, he released El Sara and the Nubatones albums. Yeah. Um, you should yeah, definitely look up. Yeah, look up Wonder Wheel Records. He also uh, the Spy from Cairo. I think also releases on Wonder Wheel as well. Cool. Do you want us to play that one? Yeah. Definitely. Beru yes. <laughs> Nice little tribute. Well.
many amazing artists mm. um, producing music. Another fun one that I'd play on your show as well is by the Palestinian group Dumb. Okay. They're called, they're called Dumb. They've been around for a very long time. Mm. And uh, they have a song called Emta Joseph Yamma. quite great and uh, the one more that I'll share with you is probably everyone's favorite they love singing to it so the song is called La hey, is this a song that's like like La O La O yeah like that's the like one fire traffic <laughs> behind it yeah it's a real cheeky song mm. I think about him picking up women or something like that but it's the percussion in it is very good for belly dancing and uh, you know I think it's the percussion and the rhythm section that makes that song so great. Yeah. <laughs> 
that I like that's quite modern probably released a couple of years ago maybe by Psycho Queen it's called Into yeah, Habibi yeah she's a Moroccan and it's such a dope track I mean even musically musically it's like got a Latin feel in a way but, yeah it does uh, obviously she's singing in Arabic so that's a good mix of cultural sounds there but uh, the beat's fire I love it I'm 
radio you've been doing your show bbs for three years yes. and by the way i love the name because it's like pbs but how we say it in arabic because the p is yes. spelled <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was that is very clever um. <laughs> bbs correct yeah it's been a good time yeah um yeah so what's like you are on a community radio um you do your show every tuesday um you've been doing it for three years uh what brought you into radio and why why radio well before pbs bbs on bbs before that <laughs> i was on um kiss fm which is another community oh, yes. radio yes. station and i had a show there called The mm. Urban Curver, and I got yeah. that title from an uh, episode of 30 Rock, I thought it was hilarious, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I was on there for a number of years before I started, I guess, doing fill-ins on both Triple R and PBS, and yeah. then eventually PBS had a slot opening and they offered it to me, um, I guess because of all my work on the station and, you yeah. know... I guess with radio, as a music lover, why wouldn't I do radio? I want to share my knowledge and my love for music and I want the opportunity to connect with local artists and internationals and uplift local artists that deserve an opportunity to have their music heard. So there are so many reasons to do a community radio show. You know, the opportunity to spend time during a pandemic now we're sitting here chatting after a curfew, but how nice is it to still have a conversation about things we love with people that you know you have many things in common with? I mean, it's yeah, you know a really sure. lovely thing. This is community, and it's what yeah. keeps us going during times like this. Yeah, and and it's so powerful. Radio is so powerful. Also, it's a great way to connect us together um and to connect to really get to know your local artists and support them i think like radio is such a great way to do that absolutely Um, and that's why they call it community radio so you know we're very lucky to have this opportunity to not only host our shows but you know to have other great presenters as well producing amazing radio for us during this time yeah especially during this time hey like um, it's a great way of communicating radio. Yeah. Yeah, this is it for the show today. We had an interview with uh, Miss Risk that was recorded on Wednesday uh, after the horrible event in Lebanon. 
the explosion that happened and uh, left hundreds of people dead and more injured. Um, yeah, I hope uh, the listeners can help Lebanon through donating. The best way to donate is to go to the Lebanese Food Bank website and the Lebanese Red Cross website and donate uh, directly. Uh, yeah, you are listening to Salam Radio Show with your host Marushti and Lukman, and I hope to see you next time on 3CR Community Radio.